chapter fifty nine of hero tales from history this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by betty b hero tales from history by smith barnum the strenuous life of roosevelt theodore roosevelt's father was a well-to-do businessman in new york city his forefathers were dutchmen from holland who had come over when the country was new the roosevelts had been wealthy and well known for two hundred years though theodore's father was able to give his family everything they needed or desired he could not give this little son health and strength for the baby was born frail and weakly he suffered so with asthma that his anxious parents feared he could not live long one dark night when baby teddy was gasping for breath they took him driving fifteen miles into the country where he could have pure air while yet in his childhood theodore roosevelt began the long sturdy fight to conquer his weak body and make the most of himself he was a self-made man even more than if he had been born poor but healthy in a log cabin as a tiny child he tried to do what he saw well strong boys do as soon as he could run about the house he would climb up and perform such daring feats that the neighbors were often frightened his father fitted up a gymnasium on a porch for him so that he could have fresh air while taking his health exercises it was a long hard fight but young theodore's brave spirit won the victory over his frail body while his body grew big and strong his brave heart seemed to grow larger too and he showed a broad unselfish spirit thus his big warm strong heart conquered his poor puny body almost in babyhood teddy began to read his sister tells how he came to her one day still wearing a stiff white dress and his curly hair long dragging a book that was too big to carry in his little arms to ask her what foraging ants were while learning to walk ride horseback and swim theodore roosevelt was reading books and finding out all he could about birds butterflies and other insects by watching and catching them he and several other boys at oyster bay where the family spent many summers collected and mounted specimens and started what the boys called the roosevelt museum of natural history while preparing a butterfly for his museum theodore happened to look at it through a small glass and found that he could not see as well as other boys his father had spectacles fitted to his eyes and everything looked so much clearer and brighter that he went about laughing and shouting i can see i can see the year when theodore was eleven the family traveled to europe and egypt during their trip up the nile he made quite a collection of the bright birds of that country for his museum his brother scolded because theodore kept live specimens and mounting materials in the wash bowls and pitchers in the rooms of the hotels where they were staying the boys lived and studied in germany long enough for theodore to learn to speak german quite well at sixteen young roosevelt went to harvard university he was a good student yet he spent much of his time in athletic sports he would tie his glasses tight to his head and box with the biggest fellows he could find who would fight with him of these misfit matches the other students said roosevelt has a bad handicap but what he lacks in size and strength he makes up in pluck he spent his college vacations in the backwoods of maine and when he was graduated at twenty-one he had not only shown himself to be a good student 
but he had gained much in health and strength also he read much more than was required in his college studies and had begun to write his first big book the history of the naval war of eighteen twelve after graduation theodore began to study law and decided to go into politics many of the ward headquarters of new york city were in saloons as he went about with the ward workers they expected their silk stocking candidate as they called young roosevelt to favor the saloons and to use his roll of money freely but instead of this theodore roosevelt told them plainly that if elected he would fight against them and their bad methods he was elected and he kept his word he began as a reformer exposing and opposing bribery and other wicked things that were being carried on in politics as police commissioner of new york he found much that was wrong and fought and struggled to make it right he was assistant secretary of the navy when the war was declared against spain he could not rest day or night because he found so much to do in getting ready to carry on the war it was he who sent the word to admiral dewey on the other side of the world which prepared him for battle and helped the united states with the famous victory of manila bay he was so keen and active that president mckinley said to his cabinet roosevelt has the whole program of the war mapped out but he resigned from his office to become a colonel of the rough riders and was soon leading his brave company of cowboys and college men up san juan hill in the face of a blazing spanish battery although colonel roosevelt was by no means highest in military rank he became the hero of the united states war with spain when that war was over he was elected governor of new york all the bosses hated this man who would not consent to their robbing or cheating the people they asked him to run for vice president of the united states thinking that his hands would be tied for a vice president has very little to say as to how the government shall be conducted but in a few months president mckinley with whom roosevelt was elected vice president was shot and killed this made theodore roosevelt president of the united states four years later he was elected president again his courageous spirit and true heart with his active brain and tireless body made him one of the greatest presidents of the united states he had kept himself in good health and spirits by his constant labors and many risks as a cowboy on his own ranches and by hunting grizzly bears and other big game in the far west even while living in the white house he showed his friends and fellow workers in the government what he meant by the strenuous life many expressions first used by theodore roosevelt are now heard in common conversation this is the first use he made of the words the strenuous life i wish to preach not the doctrine of ignoble ease but the doctrine of the strenuous life the life of toil and effort the square deal was another expression of his as in this statement the labor union shall have a square deal and the corporation shall have a square deal and in addition all private citizens shall have a square deal the big stick another phrase of roosevelt's was not so well understood he said of this there is a homely old adage which runs speak softly and carry a big stick and you will go far other words of his such as mollycoddle pussyfoot hit the line hard and one hundred percent american almost explain their own meanings a year after leaving the white house colonel roosevelt went hunting big game elephants lions rhinos and so forth through the heart of africa 
on the way back he was the guest of kings emperors and important citizens of europe after his return home he went on a dangerous trip of adventure and discovery in south america from all these hunting trips he brought home many rare specimens for collections called by his name in the finest natural history museum in the united states it was even proposed to name the wonderful panama canal which he did most to put through the roosevelt canal his last years were spent in urging the patriotic men and women of america to take the part of human freedom and force the square deal among the nations of europe among his last words were he who is not willing to die for his country is not worthy to live in his country he believed in preventing war by being fit and prepared to fight one of the best things he did was to help in arranging the peace treaty between japan and russia theodore roosevelt's life motto as expressed by his actions was in time of peace prepare for war and in time of war prepare for peace end of chapter fifty nine